Hello, everyone. Welcome to Marketing Times Analytics. I'm your host, Alex Safranis, and I'm sitting down today with Ethan Adams. Ethan, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Alex. Uh, great to be here. Uh, my name is Ethan. I'm the director of marketing at a company called Angularis Technologies. Uh, we're in the Chicago suburbs. I've known Alex for a few years, so I'm excited to join today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So, Ethan, what got you into marketing? Yeah, so I actually majored in marketing in college. Uh, so I, I kind of started with it, although I will say it wasn't my first major. Uh, I really kind of got into college uh, with a communications background and with the intent of, of going the more communications route and then kind of figured out that I loved marketing uh, through a few internships and, and realized that that's kind of where my skill set uh, laid. So I was, I was excited to kind of dive into that and then got into it more after I graduated. Very cool. Very cool. So you've been in marketing for a little while now. And I guess my first question to you is, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about marketing analytics? Yeah, so I'll back up just a tiny bit and, and preface this with saying, uh, you know, I, I mentioned communications is kind of my background. You know, I don't I don't have a specifically analytical uh, analytical experience, I guess I would say, you know, every marketer uh, these days needs to have um, at least some familiarity and expertise in analytics because that's what we do. And quite frankly, it's not hard to. I mean, if you have any website with Google Analytics installed, you you should have an analytical expertise, right? Mm -hmm. So, so you know, I, I've come from more the communication and even management role. Uh, my role right now as director of marketing, you know, I oversee all of our marketing. And so analytics is just a part of that. Uh, but I would say I, I think that probably gives me a somewhat unique perspective in understanding the, the managerial and even executive uh, perspective of marketing analytics uh, even if it's not me myself that's doing the uh, the analysis, but it, it's getting reports and getting feedback from my team, it, you know, I feel like that's a, a little bit of a different insight. So, you know, as far as misconceptions go, um, I think the the thing that I think of first when I think of an, an analyst is somebody kind of stuck in the back server room in the basement or something like that, hmm. just crunching numbers and got a headset on and, you know, you, you kind of just get this weird matrix cyber you know vibe from it and and you know well again that's not my role I, I know that's not true um the the funny thing about analytics i think uh you have to be curious it, it's really more of a, a science than the the creative side sometimes mm -hmm. um, i'm sure there, there's both but you know it's 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 experiments it's it's taking data uh running with hypotheses and, and running experiments to see if your hypothesis is correct and then presenting those, you know, reports or whatever. So it's like part science. It, it is partially creative, I think, in terms of letting your curiosity kind of drive where, where you let the numbers take you and what kind of story you get from them. Uh, but I think no matter what, I would say, at least my experience has been, it's a lot less, you know, number crunching and a lot more kind of discovery and research and uh, really digging in deep to kind of research a specific problem. Yeah, definitely. That I I totally agree with you. I think that the role is it's you have to be a problem solver. You have to love asking questions and solving those questions and you need to be the kind of person where your reward mechanism is solving something that, you know, other people might not be able to solve, but because you might understanding some you might understand some more context about the way the 
the data is collected or structured, um, you know which pieces to put together, and then you come out with this you know, insight that previously wasn't available. And that is kind of at the core of being an analyst, is discovering insights, and it totally requires curiosity. You, that has to be ingrained in you as, as a person. Right. And, and unfortunately, you know, when you're the one that knows the numbers and knows the data sources and gets how it works, you know, typically that, that makes it muddier because you know, Mm -hmm. the, the, even the faults in your data and the weaknesses where, Hey, you know, I can't really trust this number as much as, you know, it's not as black and white as it might seem. You know, I I found one of the things that ends up happening is you'll, you'll present a a data set or a report to an executive or somebody who's not as familiar with it. And they'll say, oh, okay, so this means, so X means Y. So that, that directly means that I can do this based on that. And I'll have to say, well, well no, that, that's not what it means. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's a leading indicator, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's one-to-one here. And so, you know, there's almost a kind of a, a nuance to it that, that almost makes it an art form too. And, and a, a, again, communication is, is actually a key part of it where, it's not just, hey, here are the numbers. The numbers are saying this. It's very clear. Almost always there's some nuance to it that you as an analyst need to be able to to interpret that for somebody who's not as familiar with it as you are. Yeah, definitely. And, and then you get into um, the idea of kind of manufacturing an insight, which can be dangerous because mm-hmm. it's very easy to come up with supporting points for whatever the agenda is. And so that's kind of a fine line you have to walk, I think, ethically on, you know, how much do we want to tell exactly the truth? um, And then how much do we want to focus on maybe the positives or the negatives based on what the outcome is supposed to be? And so it, you know, ideally you want always to report the truth, but sometimes if you're working with people who aren't analysts, aren't as close to the numbers, they're going to be much more focused on what is the story that this data is telling. Right, right. And, you know, an executive or, or manager will always tell you, hey, I want I want it straight. I want the, the truth. And uh, and you kind of have to judge whether that's true or not, because sometimes, you know, the truth might might hurt or might not be the right thing for the moment. And you need to be able to harness, you know, the the proper way to deliver those kind of things, too. Or, you know, we haven't talked about this yet, but to say, I don't know. Or yeah. it's not clear. And that's that's sometimes the harder ethical thing is to say, I cannot draw any conclusions from what I'm looking at and neither should you. I love that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sometimes, it, you know, you don't you don't want to force uh, you don't want to force it if, if the data is not uh, pointing in any particular direction. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, let's let's step back a little bit. Um, what what do, what is the value that analytics brings to a marketing organization? I mean, it's essential. (laughs) It's, you know, it's cliche, but it's, it really is your roadmap. I mean, you you can't, you can exist without analytics, but you're not going to know where you're going Mm -hmm. and whether you're going in the right direction or not. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't know if this is a good metaphor or not, but if, you know, if you're lost at sea, it doesn't do you any good to be a an excellent sailor if you don't know which direction you need to go, right? Yeah. You can paddle as hard as you want, but if you're going in the wrong direction because you don't have your map or whatever, then uh, it's not going to do you or your company any good. Um, my my CEO at, at our current company, I, I think he probably heard this somewhere, you know, it's in a book somewhere, but, uh, you know, the idea that if, if he yells charge, everyone on the team knows which direction to run. 
which direction to to storm and and you know quite frankly a lot of organizations they, they don't have that though everybody's kind of working their own agenda um, and saying oh we need to do more of this or we need to do more of this and it's super subjective um, but what analytics does is it allows you to objectively you know hopefully in an ideal scenario look at uh, where we've been, which is just as important as, you know, where you think you can go, um, but then get everybody on board saying, this is what the data is telling us, and this is where we need to be going. And when you look at that objective truth, then everybody can get on board and say, yes, this is the path that we're taking. This is why we need to go there. And that's that's kind of the definition of having all your ducks in a row as a, as a company and as a, as a marketing department is, is knowing exactly uh, that everybody's on the same page. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like to think of a metaphor. I you you kind of touched on it actually. Um, marketing analytics is like giving a GPS to um, like a 17th century explorer of yeah. the world, and you know, just think about how revolutionary that would be. They're forging a path. They're trying to get somewhere, but they have no idea if they're there or not. They don't know. Um, exactly where they are in the world and uh, where they're going and so and and you you really did touch on it but having that that sense of direction is revolutionary and it's you know analytics is becoming such a standard in every business Um, you know just going off of gut or um, you know or high level reports or something um, is far less of a of an advantage when all your competitors are able to um, see, you know, very detailed analytics on what's happening in the business, what's what's successful, what's not successful, um, and so I, th- I think that's a really good metaphor. Um, I want to move to uh, a sort of similar question. Um, you know, a lot of the benefits that you talked about for uh, the value that marketing brings or analytics brings to a marketing organization was very high level. You know, things like provides direction, helps everybody know, uh, you know, what's working and what's not. But how, what metrics can you use to prove that marketing analytics is valuable? Yeah, I mean, well, the simple answer, the easy answer is to say anything that relates to, you know, a company's bottom line (laughs) proves its value. I mean, and, and, you know, sometimes I think, you deal with analytics that are less clearly tied to a, a budget number. You know, you may be talking about page views or uh, users or something from a you know web traffic perspective, but you know that all boils down to something. And if you can tell you as an analyst can tell me as a manager, uh, hey, you know this ten thousand dollars in this area is generating forty six percent more revenue or traffic or whatever than ten thousand dollars in this other area. Uh, I mean, that's quite literally providing me with value because we can allocate resources and so on. And I can, you know, be more effective and point to a dollar amount that says this is this is the value that you're providing. And that's that's again, that's a little more objective than saying, oh, well, we have clarity on our direction and things like that. Um, so, you know, I think I think the value is is true. But but one thing I would kind of warn somebody who's getting into it. You know, I, I come from a, a background of, of generally small to medium-sized businesses. I, I you know, am not working with uh, four Fortune 500 companies or anything where there are dedicated, you know, even analysts in, in their own departments kind of thing. And I'll say not not everybody understands the, the value of an analyst role, um, especially during the hiring process. 
Um, I think, you know, folks hire for managers, they hire for um, coordinators, they hire for tactical things that they see much more frequently than, than, than they hire for strategic things because they want their executives to be strategic. They want their managers to be strategic. Um, they don't want their analysts to be strategic because those feel more tactical, right? Mm-hmm. So that one thing I feel like I've seen is that you know, if you're if you're an analytical person and you have a, an interest in, in, in marketing analytics, uh, that may not be what gets you hired, um, but I think it will be what gets you promoted. So you may be hired because you're versatile, you're a utility player, you can you know do a number of marketing things, for example. Uh, but if you can provide genuine analytical insight once you're in that role, that's going to be what gets you promoted because that's perceived at least as insight and as leadership, uh, mm-hmm. even though really at the heart, it's, it's probably just an understanding of the data. I really like that. And speaking of skills, where can where can somebody go with a, the skill set of a marketing analyst? Uh, well, the sky's the limit. I mean, I, I remember when I was in college, my professors, they always wanted me to switch to an accounting degree. Hmm. Uh, and they always kept quoting uh, how many, you know, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies had, had an accounting background, which which I believe, I think that's fine. It's, it's not in my blood. Um, but I think from that, you know, there's a parallel there. Obviously, accounting is kind of, database numbers based and and I think it's probably similar that if you've got an, a very analytical mind and can understand complex data sets or uh, you know very take a very logical approach to what you're seeing I think that has the potential to be you know high leadership executive leadership um, potential because you're able to make those key decisions uh, not based on your gut or not based on you know, uh, subjective things, but based on pure logic and rationale, you can kind of uh, take that uh, that approach rather than what probably a lot of people go into marketing with, which is the more creative background where, you know, as much as I hate to say it, there's probably a little more emotion in the creativity versus kind of the dry black and white logic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so a lot of the analytics is really understanding decision-making and how to take in data and you know, basically pull out what should happen based off of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, even, you know, whether you're, you're a new employee or you're a few, got a few years under your belt, you know, your management and executives, they're under such high pressure to make the right decision at all times. And whether they have an analytical background or not, you know, as an executive, you learn to trust your gut on things. Uh, but if, if you give an executive data that backs up their gut, and that gives them more confidence. You're making their job ten times easier, and their you know their anxiety is ten times smaller at that point. So you, as an analyst, are providing that value to them. And then when you're in that role, you're able to make those decisions because you have that kind of thought process. And that you know I think that's that's part of what makes an executive effective is you know aside from your leadership, do you actually understand what's going on? Definitely. I, I, it almost feels because I'm in the analyst position and I work with executives and it almost feels like you're supplying them with ammunition and they're going into mm. these executive meetings where people are battling over resources, things like funding, territory, etc. And and based on the quality of the ammunition that, you know, that affects their, um, you know, how how many resources they could potentially get if if you can prove 
you know, that an investment in their area would generate more revenue or more success for the business. Um, that's what they're looking for. And so um, in, in many ways, it feels like you're supplying executives with ammunition with your insights. Yeah, absolutely. You just better hope that it works, right? <laughs> exactly. You got you to be sure. Yeah, because they can they can come in and and uh, you know invalidate it if if there were errors or something like that, and they have their own analysts, so um, it's it's qu- it's quite interesting. Um, especially you know I'm I'm at a really big company, and so um, you know there's there's so many executives and so many different uh, teams, and you know they all need resources, and so it's really interesting to see the dynamic between um, how you know how teams are sort of jousting, um, you know for for the for the resources they need yeah yeah absolutely so kind of switching gears a little bit um what would you say is the biggest drawbacks in a career in marketing analytics yeah i think you know it's almost in the question you just asked you know a career in marketing analytics um i think even just saying that feels a little bit too siloed a little bit too restrictive mm-hmm. um i'd say you know a career in marketing and then you can kind of take different subsets within that um would be probably the safer route you know because again you can you can be very analytical you can you can have skills with um data but if you're if you're focused on that being your specific role and specific career you you've really narrowed the pool quite a bit for opportunities for yourself Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've mentioned the, you know, the phrase utility player a couple of times and, and even that I probably wouldn't hire a marketing analyst before I'd hire, you know, a, a more general marketing professional who has analytics experience. Um, so, you know, it, just to phrase that a little more clearly, I guess I'm much more likely to hire for a manager that has analytics experience than an analyst that has management experience. Um, it's, 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 it's at least from the, again, from the kind of small to medium sized business perspective, um, I view analytics as a strength, as an asset, as a skill set, um, much like, uh, you know, graphic design or, um, uh, writing or something like that, where I'm probably not going to hire a writer. I'm going to hire a marketing professional who can write. Mm-hmm. Um, so even just in terms of branding yourself, when you're looking for positions or looking for something that fits your, your role, you know, that's fine to be a, a key, um, asset that you offer, but, but I wouldn't necessarily hone in too far into just analytics or just data analysis, because I've interviewed folks like that before. Um, and they're not good interviewees. <laughs> and, and quite frankly, because they, the ones in my experience who have boiled themselves down to that is my identity, they tend to be, uh, they, they tend to remind you of accountants. You know, they're, they're a little more dry. They're a little more introverted. They, you know, kind of give you the vibe that they want to sit alone with their computer and crunch numbers. And, you know, from a marketing team, that's probably not always a good fit. So, you know, if I'm hiring it for a communications role, yeah, I'd like for that communications role to probably have some background in graphic design because they're so, so closely related. You know, the same thing goes for analytics. You know, I think analytics can tie in so closely to any number of things, uh, even communications. But I, I would want it to be a dual threat more than just a, a dedicated analyst uh, because I do think there's probably a cap to where a purely analytical role 
can take you in, in your career. I totally agree. I think there is a point at which when if you start in a highly technical role, I think there's a critical point, maybe, I, I don't want to say how many years, but let's say f- like a few years. When, once you achieve a certain level of, um, uh, I guess, a certain sk- skill level, um, you can you can make a decision to continue down that path and go sort of the uh, distinguished engineer path, or you can take your technical understanding and abilities and try to move into a more executive role and kind of start to slowly move away from, um, you know, all the technical work. So I think, I think that um, the danger, if you're just focusing on marketing analytics, is once you get past that critical point, if you just stay in the technical path, um, I, I think that the options become a little bit more limited um, rather than if you try to go the more executive path um, I think that the the skills and uh, all the skills that you acquire, um, I think they they w- they have a compounding effect in an executive role rather than in a technical role. Yes, absolutely. And and to be fair, um, I think when you're hiring for somebody in an analytical role in particular, you know. It, you're going to need, well, I guess, let me just say an incredibly tactical or an incredibly technical, uh, is the word you use, um, role. You're going to need the best of the best if you're specifically hiring for that. And there's going to be a lot of competition versus if you're basically diversified in your skill set, uh, you're going to find a ton of roles that need that skill set, but they also need three other skill sets. And you've got to make sure you have the right combination to make yourself um, you know, appealing to those companies. I love that. Um, so on the uh, topic of kind of finding a job or, or, you know, the career side, what is the best personality type for somebody in marketing and marketing analytics specifically? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I kind of poked a little fun at the, you know, introverted kind of off in a corner, leave me alone. <laughs> kind of not numbers oriented people, but, you know, I think that that could work. Um, but I mentioned a little while ago, you know, data science, it, it really is a scientific field uh, where you've got to be curious. You've got to, you know, say, Hey, this is a hypothesis I have. I think this might be the case and then run with an experiment to see if it's the case and then have the humility to accept, Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> that isn't true. Mm-hmm. And then go back to the drawing board. Right. So it's, you know, I don't know personality types so much as, you know, your interests and your your motivations. I mean, we've already talked about curiosity being huge. Um, I, you know, I've, I've managed quite a few younger employees, entry-level folks who who they're, they're accustomed to doing exactly what they're told to do, how they're told to do it. Um, but the, the almost paradox is, you know, I, I want them to be curious. I want them to to go beyond what I've told them to do as soon as they spot something that might be uh, meaningful or might be weird, even just, okay, let me dig into that a little deeper because curiosity and having the freedom to dig into things like that is, is a luxury that management rarely has. Um, You know, managers, executives are so busy, you know, so caught up in the, the day to day that 
you know, it would be such a, a privilege, a luxury to be able to sit down and, and sink your teeth into a problem for a couple hours, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're never going to get that chance, but but the entry level or the the younger professionals probably do. And if you have the ability to focus for that long, first of all, um, mm-hmm. but also kind of have the, the creative approach to um, to play around with things, you're going to uncover some very meaningful, impactful things for your company. And that's probably going to make a fantastic impression, you know, on your managers or on your supervisors, because uh, then you're the one that's coming up with the, the hypothesis, the experiment, the findings, and then the, the plan of action from there. You're basically doing your, your manager's job, um, but you're, you're kind of keeping it all in house and that's going to make you a hero. I love that. I think that's, I, I think that's a great note to end on. Um, I think that's like so super valuable for anybody who's trying to get into um, th- that that kind of career, and um, you know, kind of self evaluate if if that's something that they want and something that they have the temperament for. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time today, Ethan. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Alex. Sure. Um, cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening and. Um, We'll see you next week.